What's going on, everybody? It's the Knucklehead Network. Welcome to a special Saturday edition. We got the one and only Sarah Webb from the UK to join us. And she just finished publishing and releasing and drawing and writing her first comic and the issues out now on Amazon. I'm gonna let you say the title because I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it, it is here. She is finally here. We've been doing this for months trying to get her on here. Finally got her on here. How you doing? Welcome Hi, to everyone. the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. And the title is Navy Parts. So look out for it on Amazon. <laughs> That's right. I was wondering if there was an actor with that knaves. I'm like, is it knaves? Hearts? Knives? It's, the, it's from a nursery rhyme. The knave of hearts stole the tarts. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. No, like a, I think, oh, is it sing a song? But I can't remember. But the, the line I remembered was the name of hearts. He stole the tarts and took them clean away or something. And that's kind of where it comes from. And also because in a deck of cards, you, the Jack can also be called a knave. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where the title comes from. Got you. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. I was that's I was a right. little. I'm like we. I see his face. He's like we don't want to get it wrong. We gotta. Yes, we don't want to. I would have never. I would have never said Nave. I see. See. I know my boy, so I'm like, yeah. let me let's help him. Yeah, it was nearly called Jack of Hearts, but that Marvel released a comic series called Jack of Hearts back in the '80s, and uh, I didn't want to compete with that. Um, and uh, if you look at the cover, he he wears some super lycra sort of pinks and greens and stuff and i was like that's like a whole different aesthetic i am gonna leave that <laughs> leave that with yeah. marvel <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we got the cover of your your comic here and i also put in the in the, the the youtube chat the link to to get your comic on amazon thank you so much <laughs> so yeah there it is in all its glory and if it, it again because i i finished that cover art oh probably eight nine months ago so every time it pops up i'm like oh yeah i drew that <laughs> <laughs> and as you were doing this uh two questions really one what was the whole inspiration for this project and two what was the hardest part that you found in doing this whole thing uh i'll tackle the first one first so the inspiration was um uh so I used to, before I had my daughter, I would do sort of little, just one page strips, usually with no text. It would always be just the just the art. So like, you know, a really simple sequence of like, I think one was, um, I used to draw a character called Little Gothic Mouse and he would um, get himself into sticky situations. And the first one that got published was, um, uh, he didn't want to wake up, a rooster called, so he pulled out a gun and blew the rooster to bits and that was kind of it was just little skit pages I guess you'd call it like that um and um I started working in video games doing um sort of concept art and like in-game art just for a little indie studio and I think because I was doing art all day for work I didn't want to do it when I got home so by sort of I carried on loving reading comics but I stopped doing any kind of strips and then Covid happened and I decided to entertain myself and my friends and family by writing letters like traditional letters and I'd write because I'm like rubbish I'm like I, people don't care that like you know today I ate a grape or like you know it's COVID nothing's happening yeah, so yeah. I'll make stories up I'll make up stories and but what I would do is I would write a chapter post that chapter to a friend and they'd write the next chapter 
and then they post it back and we started doing that and I was like I actually really like writing stories and I like drawing um and in the middle of that I started listening to a band called Esoterica who are a real prog I think ethereal metal I think is, I'm a bit fuzzy on what genre they kind of pop themselves into but I really liked their music and I drew just a panel of a couple of band members and they had like a little tour story of one of them picked up a coconut when they were out on tour just randomly and that coconut kind of followed them on tour and I drew just like a one panel thing and the band actually liked um the panel on Instagram and I was like ah maybe I'm all right doing this like you know it's been a long time and um maybe I should sit down and try and write a story and it was initially like the the version one of the, the sort of script that I wrote was a lot more sort of esoterica fan comic and then I sort of sat down and said actually I want to write something that I am going to love drawing that I can build like a whole world around and just like immerse myself in it so that kind of turned into the proper version of Nave of Hearts part one and yeah then then I just carried on drawing and suddenly I had a book <laughs> so that was kind of inspirational and I've now clean forgotten what the oh the hardest bit, <laughs> the hardest bit is probably the self-promotion piece for me I if I could live in the perfect world I would write and draw the comics and I would kind of slip it under the door and let other people just kind of go oh yeah this is quite good as opposed to actually having to like come up with interesting blog posts for my patron because I've got a patron um, and shout out to my patrons who I couldn't have gotten this far without them um, but like coming up with blog post content coming up with content to put on all the comic book Facebook groups that I'm in which have been an invaluable source of information I've made such good contacts through it but doing that kind of stuff doesn't come naturally I don't like going look what I did look what I did I more like to go the thing I did is over there and you might be interested and if you want to go and like know but I don't worry <laughs> Um, so I find actually doing this sort of stuff really difficult and like I find it much easier to sit and draw quietly by myself with music on um, than to kind of put myself out there with a like a look at me, look at what I did. Yeah, uh, the hardest bit for me. I understand that completely. That, that would have been my answer as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But since the self-promotion is a little bit hard, let me do a little bit of promotion for you. Oh, a funny you. story with this. When we first got the email... I resigned myself like, all right, we're going to get one issue. I'll read it over. Got done with the first part of it. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, you know, I was going to start writing down some stuff for this interview. Then I was like, oh, wait, there's a second part. So I, I read the second part. When the second part ended and I saw that the the next volume is coming out next year, I got a little angry because I was like, but now, now I'm invested. <laughs> I was like, when it was one issue, I would, you know, read it, you know, just to get the gist of it. Second part, fully invested now. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Well, I actually like um uh I don't know if I hold it if people will be able to see, but I am I'm working. This is issue two in progress. So when I'm not working my full-time job, um, I'm usually found either parenting my child or you know, drawing my comic. Those are the kind of the three things in my life, really. <laughs> so I'm working on it. Um, I will say that I think I learned a lot of lessons from issue one, uh, it being my first sort of proper comic that I've put out. So 
I'm actually enjoying the story more in issue two because issue one still had that slight homage to esoterica, which is great. But when you're basing characters on real people, because they are all real people, I've met them all. They've actually helped me with like tidbits of information about how their bands kind of work and their dynamic. Issue two starts to separate a little bit from the real people and more into the world of the gods. And that's where my imagination can go bananas. And that means that I think issue one is a great intro, but issue two, you start to get into that, the dynamics of the gods, which I think is just, for me, that's the bit I'm excited about. So I'm excited about issue two. And issue I, one was like my learning curve. <laughs> I, well, like I said, it was a great curve because I I was instantly hooked. And now I'm, I can't wait for volume two, for three, four, however many you do. I'm going to be there for each yeah. and every one of them. This is this is my long term project. I don't I plan. I think I've got enough of a story arc for at least another five or six issues. Oh. And then that's just one of the story arcs, like because I this is what I liked about this comic book is that I got to build a universe. And because I can build a universe a bit like the MCU, like you don't you know, I've got one story arc, but actually there could be four or five other ones that I can either go i'm not a massive fan of prequels just in like movies or stuff but like tangent storylines or you know you follow the story of the knave but um uh a bit like in a deck of cards there's the queen of hearts is obviously in there um and you know maybe i can tell a story with her or i can go off with the king of spades or like you know because each god is a is basically named after a face card in the deck of cards and then all the like number cards are like your seraphim your yeah, angely type beings within my world. Yeah. So I've got like a, I've got a full deck of cards to play with. So, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, yeah, excited about that. And without trying to give any of the story away, but when the maid was introduced and you see, and she starts explaining what's happening and uh, what the coconut's purpose is and all that stuff, it's like <laughs> you can open up about different versions of that story being told and, you know, the different. I, I don't want to give away the the shit, but the, you know, the different maids out there, if you if you will, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, all the different housekeepers, and um, like the because the universe, I have set it in like a like a casino hotel. Like you know, um, oh, I don't know whether I'm giving too much away, but what the hey? But things like um, death. That's the doorman of the hotel. They let people in and out. Yeah. Um. So like you know, I've got a. Uh, a story in my head about the doormen who are essentially the grim reapers um and like some of the interaction that they've got with the god characters that i've built and you know i've got all this stuff buzzing and it's like i just the enemy to every artist i think is time and i think that is my current enemy is i just need time preferably infinite time and no sleep ever again and then <laughs> i've got a chance of getting this all out of my head like <laughs> Um, you know, before I'm too old to draw because my fingers have all like curled up. <laughs> and do you find that uh, when when inspiration strikes, do you have to like write it down immediately or are you good with remembering it for later on? <sighs> I'm pretty, I, I'm usually pretty good, but I have to get it down at some point. So I've, um, my house is full of notebooks. My poor husband, he puts up with a lot of rubbish and my notebooks are one of them um, and I'm a bit of a sucker for stationery um, so quite often it's I've had a really good idea but which notebook did I put it in or if it's a drawing like if I've had a picture of a character in my head and I've drawn it down oh god which sketchbook was that in is quite a common problem for me um, but the sort of the the 
the sort of meat and potatoes, the main element of the story that that tends to sit in my head and it won't go until I finish the page. Like issue one went round and round and round my brain until the book was done. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, oh, thank God. But then it was like, ah, but then we have all the new stuff for issue two and now that's what's going round and round in my brain and I need to get it down so that it can go out there into the world. Was there ever stuff? Yikes. No, probably not. <laughs> <Who> was next? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because I look back now because obviously for 10 years, I didn't really, I had comics in my life to read, but not to draw. And I'm like, what was I doing? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I was drawing and playing a lot of PlayStation um, and uh, and bringing up a small person. So that does take up quite a lot of time. But now she's uh, she's old enough that <laughs> she's starting to not want to spend time with us quite so much. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I've got some more free time back. And I think, yeah, that's it. I've just about got the balance, I think. <laughs> so when you're thinking of a story, is it like a complete story and then you bring it into parts? Or are you thinking about just this particular issue and then the next issue you think about it? Oh, no, no. My brain is probably three or four issues ahead. Um, okay. So once I've written the story down and I'm happy with it, I will start immediately thinking about the next part or or the lore that kind of builds behind the story. So there's a lot of stuff that I've written down that will probably never actually go into the comics but I need to write it down so that when I am writing what a character would do in a certain scenario I can go back to that law that I've written about that character and be like okay so based on what's happened to them in the past how are they gonna react what are they gonna do um and I find that quite quite helpful when I'm story building but normally the sort of the the bulk of the story it just sort of spills out um and I, I will um handwrite it as well so I type it up afterwards for safety and so that I can mess around with it but I will sit and I will write out the whole story in my notebook over a couple of weeks to kind of because I don't know that's just seems to be how my brain likes to get it out initially and then I'll read it back and then I'm half the time like oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I was entirely with it when I was writing that section, but that's okay. I'll type it up and then I can start to butcher it. And um, and when I write it out, I write it all out sort of long form. Um, so when I put it into like Word or what have you, I can then split it out into pages and panels to kind of bring a bit of structure back into it because otherwise it just reads like a bizarre short story. Um, so yeah, does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sense. yeah. I don't know if you've ever played D and D or if you know what Dungeons and Dragons. You know, is. I really want to though. I, um, I my friends can... and I bought Pathfinder and we gave it a go, but I think because it was three people who had no idea what they were doing and the manual was like that thick, oh. and we were just like, <laughs> no. this is this is a very slow game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Maybe D and D E five would be a little easier. It, it is definitely a little easier for newer players because it's a little uh, less complicated. But the way you explained how you have lore for a character that doesn't even need to be used, so you can bring it in motivation later. That's exactly what we do. Like I have yeah. a yeah, my character that I'm playing now because I play. I have a whole. He had a whole life before this that I can draw upon for different inspiration yeah. for different things. So. Yeah. Hearing that that you actually went that deep is cool because I, I don't think it's necessarily like an obvious thing that a writer would have to go that far to come up with a motivation 
I think sometimes it looks like on the surface, the writer just, well, in this moment, this is what I'm going to do. But to hear that you went that deep actually lends, I don't know if credence is the right word, but it, as a reader, knowing that they that you took that time, mm-hmm. yeah. it makes the experience even more enjoyable because now every you know everything had, was crafted with care. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I think I think in the next issue, more of that law building comes in because I've needed it more. Whereas I think with because issue one, most of the characters or a chunk of the characters are real people who I've met in real life. I've been able to ask them questions like what would you do in this scenario type thing so it was kind of like cheat um but um but whereas the next book which they do still feature in but it is more about you start to learn more of the behind the scenes of what's going on um and that's where I'm sort of falling back on um and it's not just kind of what would the character do because each deck of like each god is based on an ancient god I've also started to do my research on ancient Roman gods, ancient Greek gods and stuff to kind of see um, if there's things I can nab from history that I can kind of do clever nods to, because I love a clever nod. Like one of my big influences is like Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore. um, uh, I've forgotten her name, but the lady that does the Laura Olympus webtoon, like there are really clever nods in all of their work to either history, current events, things that have happened in other comics that are kind of related. And I just, I love that sort of stuff. It's just like the, my inner dweeb goes, yes. <laughs> and I want people to start to feel that as my series expands, that there are clever nods to things where, ah, like I'm not a scholar, but I know that the god Dionysus, who's the god of like wine and parties, I can see that this is probably Dionysus. Like I've not named that god Dionysus because they'll be like knave of hearts, queen of hearts, king of hearts, ace of hearts type thing. But I can see that that's that's who that's personifying. Personifying, yeah, I think that's the word. So yeah, so I, I like I like dweebing out about all this sort of stuff so um and i hope to bring that dweebiness into my comics <laughs> i got a i got a quick question for you about what yeah. you were saying um do you authors like i i you said i heard you say you write a lot of stuff that you don't use yes do you, do you be like build like maybe put it to the side the stuff that you don't use and then maybe later on come back and maybe put it together to build another yeah. comic or yeah, no. I think I would. I mean, um, it's because this comic is so time intensive because like a Looney Tunes, I'm the penciler, the inker, the colorer, the letterer, <laughs> the author. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, and like I had so many problems getting the page sizes right um, for print. Like I, I don't want to talk about it. It was traumatic. Um, <laughs> I think because I've, I, I try, I'm kind of, I'm one of these people where when I'm doing something, I'm doing something 100%. Mm-hmm. So if I have ideas for other comics, they have to go in a notebook because I can't look at them right now until what I'm doing or what I'm focusing on is done. That is like a side quest. And if I do the side quest, the main quest is never going to get done. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, I think when, so where it's other comic ideas, yes, but they, and it's one of those where sometimes like, cause I'm a bit, 
I'll be a hundred percent, but if I get bored, I have to walk away and do something else. And normally it's the PlayStation or um, I do yeah. archery. So I like going down the woods with my bow and arrow and shooting plastic animals. <laughs> awesome. I find that therapeutic. <laughs> um, I got a new bow the other week and um, I am one of these sad people that names my bow. So my original bow was David Bowie. And my <laughs> new bow <laughs> is Mr. Bojangles. So Mr. me, Mr. Bojangles, and my husband shoots as well. We go down the, um, the local field archery which is like this really pretty woods and go and shoot plastic animals. Anyway, I can't remember how I got onto that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I, I have to have other, th that was it, other things yes. to distract me, circling back. Um, and so if they're written down, if I need a break away from this project, which has happened a couple of times, I'll, I need to go and draw something completely different, unrelated. Otherwise, I become this like strange sort of hermit lady that only mumbles about like decks of cards and people start to like go, I don't think I want to be your friend anymore. Um, so I will go and work on something else. And again, it might be that that sits in like a little folder somewhere and it doesn't see the light of day ever, but I'll have learned something from it. Or it might be, oh, I can nick some of my own ideas from that and pull it into this. So I think there's never any harm in having lots of sort of splatter gun projects all over the place and the many notebooks, unless you lose track of where you put the thing that you're looking for. Um, and uh, yeah, I am, I'm a bit of a bugger for that. I'm a bit of a bugger for many, like when I draw digitally, I'm one of these people, I don't label my layers. I don't know if any oh. of you guys have ever drawn digitally. Yeah. Yeah, but like 64 layers and there's like layer one, layer two, layer three, layer four. And I'm like, oh, God, I need to change that. And you have to go through and sort of turn off each layer in turns. Like, where is it? Um, and that, I think, describes my creative process quite well. It's like I start out with the best intentions of being really organized and stuff. And it just ends up scattered everywhere. Um, oh, I, I know how you feel. I'm the, I'm the guy with layer one. Copy layer one, two. Copy <laughs> yeah. layer one, three. <laughs> yeah exactly just because you're like oh well if i just create another quick layer here then i can like diddle with that and if i don't like it i can just delete it and then i'm like oh god which layer was it on um but i, I use clip studio art which does allow you to put layers in folders which you would have thought would help but just means it's like oh no which folder is it in yeah, and then which layer one, is it in yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's how i do most of the thumbnails like all right i gotta hide this and then you, when you need it for the next one it's like Shit, where is it? Because <laughs> it just says image 862. I'm like, um, um, all right, now we're gonna have this yeah. <laughs> every image. I'd probably and have put out issue two by now if I'd been more organized with my layers, but <laughs> sorry, gang. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny, the whole thing when I was going to uh school for digital art in class, every layer was well titled, it was organized, I had everything all my homework projects there. And then the minute I was done, I was like, all right, never need that again. <laughs> yeah, when I worked in video games and I used to have to work in layers in Photoshop, I used to get, I got such a rollicking for kind of being so disorganized that I, I did become quite anal about it. But yeah, as soon as I stopped working in video games, it was like, I'm free. Layer one, layer two, layer three, layer four, layer five, woo, layers. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like we're not concerned with the layer names. We, we're trying to get the picture done, and then it bites us exactly. in the ass. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the end. It's, and I it's think as, as I've got more experience so with 
the issue one, I think every page probably had about 95 layers with issue two, I'm managing on about four layers a panel, which like, you know, I think, again, it means my process is probably getting a little bit tidier the more experience I get. But yeah, it's still, it's still, I don't think any other, if I was to send this to another artist to do some work on, I think there's a reason I need to work on this comic by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, what is more difficult, writing the, the comic or drawing the comic? Um, drawing takes longer and more thought because particularly if it's something I've not drawn before, like if it's a perspective I've not drawn before, um, or a particular type of costume, that's more labor intensive. Um, the writing I find fairly easy, but I, f I find with art, I'm fairly like, blah, if I need to redraw a page, it's like, well, okay, I'll redraw a page. If I have to rewrite a section, of the book because I read it back and I'm like, oh God, I was obviously had had too many gins at this point. Um, <laughs> I find that harder to correct my writing than I do to correct my art, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm. But the thing I find the hardest is trying to be a content creator on top of it. Like the self-promotion piece, as I said before, is that's, that's by far the hardest bit. The actual creating the content, because I love doing it. Even the bits that maybe I'm like, like when stuff comes back for your editor and he's like, I don't know where this grammar is from, but it's not the English language. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sad. <laughs> um, that, that can be kind of like a bit sort of like, okay, I'll rewrite it. Um, but I've been really lucky. My editor was very good and he was very kind through the whole process. So I think I got off fairly easy. <laughs> like, I want to say you are amazing because you, you're writing, you're drawing, you're promoting like i yeah. just from this for show is putting a video out is i know this man goes through a lot so for you to do every, every single i was gonna ask that's why i was writing down the questions is it normal for the actual yeah. author to do everything no i think comic? i think <laughs> I think I've I've made a rod for my own back no i think it's Ooh, it's amazing. normally you would have um i know that um quite if you are a, an author artist normally you will hire a letterer because um in fact i think i've got the book behind me i had to because i had no idea what i was doing when it comes to lettering but this book um was really helpful but i've had to sort of teach myself how to do it as i've been as i've been doing it um and no i've i i know that people do do it and i have a newfound respect for those people having now done it myself but i'm also a bit of a control freak so i don't think i would be able to work like i wouldn't be able to write and have someone else draw it because they wouldn't have drawn what was in my head when i was writing it and i think i'd struggle to draw someone else's writing because i'd want to draw it how it is in my head and if they didn't like it there would be like you know this is where like my career in being a comic book artist is like dead in the water because i'm like sorry artists like other writers i will not work with you um, <laughs> i probably would but i think i'd struggle more i wouldn't it wouldn't be enjoyment for me whereas when it's my own stuff like if i need to pivot or change something the only person i'm bickering with is myself <laughs> yeah. so i think for me it's probably easier because of the way i am and the way i create and my control freak nature whereas i i can see the benefit in having someone that writes someone that pencils someone that inks someone that colors like you know the more traditional kind of team you'd have for for putting a comic book together um 
I can see the benefit in that and it can sometimes be quite lonely doing it all yourself like I so said when I only brought my editor in uh back in I think it was January um when the book was basically done and it was like here is my basically done stuff and here is the script uh, which actually because I've made so many changes as I was doing the art I had to rewrite the script so that it matched what was in the actual comic for him to be able to look at um and I did kind of think, oh, I probably should have got like other people involved a bit earlier on, but whatever. And I've decided to do exactly what I did for issue one, for issue two, which is basically finish the book, then take it to an editor. Because at that point, I won't mind fiddling with it. But yeah, it, it, I did find sometimes it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's no one else on this project I can ask. Oh, well, sleeves up. Let's just see what happens. And I think it's why I am quite blase about it because it does feel like I've just sort of farted out this comic book after a year of like intense labor with not a scoobies about what I'm doing <laughs> you know but that, that's the best way to right. learn because like yeah. even with like video creation or, or editing and all that one of the rules that that the people that I look you know that help us out it goes it's better to be finished than perfect yeah you know? because if you're if you're thinking it's perfect you're never going to be done with it so absolutely put it out now and then the next one could get better and it could get better after that and better after that it's like when you don't make when you don't allow yourself to make those little mistakes you can't get better at it so just you don't get what you have let it go and then if it's good you can make it better if it if it doesn't do as good as you want then you know where to pivot and change you know what you did wrong and and i guess i'm a bit un unusual in that i'm not doing this for commercial gain like if it makes a bit of money fab whatever that will pay for me doing more on the next issue um i'm not sort of money chasing which for me has made it easier because like if i sell like three copies i have sold more than three copies already but if i let's say i'd only sold three copies but then i got a review on amazon which was like this book changed my life of when the which comic con are you going to i'm going to cosplay blah 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 that would be success for me so yeah. um i think taking the pressure off the sort of and i know a lot of people don't have the luxury to do that i mean i've got a full-time job so this comet doesn't pay the bills so i'm in a really sort of lovely position i mean it's not lovely in that like i have a full-time job so i don't produce the work as quickly as i'd like to but i'm not kind of reliant on it to pay the bills it's kind of if it makes money that's more money i can plow into the next issue that's kind of how i'm seeing it and if it doesn't make any money but you know a select few people read it and enjoy it you know i've done a good job and i like you know that's that makes me happy that gives me the happy buzz like you know i'm not saying like you know if someone was like oh we want to buy the tv rights and here's a million pounds then i would be like yeah okay yeah i feel right with that <laughs> yeah um but that's not my motivator and i think a lot of people can get in the trap of i'm putting this out to make money and that i think can mean if you then don't make the money it feels like a failure whereas i as i said i'm in that blessed position to be kind of look as long as the people who do read it enjoy it or if they don't enjoy it just don't tell me about it i'm happy <laughs> No, but you definitely have something that that left off in a cliffhanger, and would definitely yeah. want people to 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 have issue two out pretty soon. Yeah, we, I'm, I I promise I'm working on it. No, <laughs> I, I want the art to be because it's all in the realm of the gods. The art is a lot more labor intensive for issue two because it's all going to be very decadent and like think Bridgerton type sort of decadence, and then you have to draw the little fiddly filigree stuff on everything. Um, so. Um, yeah, I'm going as fast as I can. But yeah, I, I really want to get issue two out because I want to start working on issue three. 
because I'm sick of issue two kind of swirling around. I just <laughs> need it out there. And then issue three will be even more exciting because I'll have learned even more from doing issue two. And that's, yeah, that's that's what's motivating me sort of through the whole process, really. So uh, alluding to what you just said there, going from issue one to issue two, so far, what is the biggest uh, thing you've learned? Um, Page sizes. Get your page sizes right from day one because, <laughs> oh, my God, if you have to resize all of your art because you've not quite understood bleed trim and like all the other measurements that Amazon put on their site. Oh, it's, it's, it's super painful. I had so many mistakes. My house is scattered with different proofs where I've tried to do different things with page sizes. And then I did all of that, submitted it and Amazon came back and was like, actually pages, blah, 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 still wrong. And I was like, but how? <laughs> so get your page sizes right from day one, which yes, issue twos, the page sizes are now, correct um and um i think spend more time on the script because i think with issue one i did just kind of go Bleh, and then start drawing as opposed to actually try and structure the script before i started drawing which is fine but i think it meant i wasted a lot of time um also stick with the version of how you're gonna do it from the start so i started issue one as a traditionally drawn comic so it was in an a3 pad of paper like you know pen and ink rulers um and then I got this shiny graphics tablet from my mum for Christmas and I was like ah if I move it all digitally then I can color it whereas I'm definitely not going to color it because I'm much slower tradition drawing traditionally than I am drawing digitally and I was like hmm, I could do color um so like make those decisions before you start and then you don't waste a lot of time like trying to turn like because I took photos of all my traditionally drawn pages brought them into clip studio then ended up having to redraw them because the, photo the photograph wasn't great quality and ugh, I wasted a I wasted a good three or four months on issue one just messing around with that sort of stuff but I, think I, I needed to do it to find the thing but I'm not having to do that with issue two I've got my process down I can just crack on with getting it done. And I think that's that's the biggest jump for me. Um, and then making sure that the story picks up momentum. Like I didn't want to leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger in issue one and then it'd be a bit of a damp squib in issue two. Um, so I think learning to sort of write what I would find interesting to read is something that I've taken from issue one. But I think if, if I hadn't done it the sort of crazy way I'd done it in issue one, I wouldn't have learned that for issue two. Um, All right. so. So, uh, going back to issue one here, the the hotel and the way it functions, yes. which is something I never thought of putting a structure like that before. Like that, that's pretty cool the way you did it. Where'd that come from? Um, I think it it kind of came from obviously deck of cards. One of the first things you'll think of is a casino. Um, and I liked, I had this sort of picture in my head of like, because I think the world is a very messy place, generally, mm -hmm. most of the time. Yeah. And mm. um, I guess I'm like, look, that kind of mess only happens when you've got a project manager and a bunch of terrible subcontractors. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I see the gods is they are kind of, they're all trying to manage something that is unmanageable. Um, and then I was like, that's kind of yeah. like running a hotel like you know you'll have the different departments that are all trying to look after the guests and the guests do really unexpected stuff like trash a room put a tv through the window make horrible messes in the bathroom um you know and basically the gods are trying to 
run around after them and, and keep it clean, but also try and put rules in to kind of stop guests from doing the crazy stuff. Um, and it's and it kind of started from there. And, and, and I think one of my I like going to hotels and stuff just in general because it is it's weird it's a place that's not home but you're supposed to feel safe to sleep in and when you go to a hotel there's always like doors you're not allowed to go in and I'm one of these people like if I'm told I'm not allowed to go in the first thing I want to do is I want to go in there I want to go in there I want to see what's going on um and uh, in fact hubby and I were at a hotel earlier this week and We'd had a few um, and walking around the sort of corridors and there were like things behind curtains that I was like, oh, and I just <laughs> I like that idea of kind of seeing behind the scenes. And I think hotels are just such an interesting place to kind of delve into because there's so much that happens that we as guests when we stay in a hotel just don't see. The magic happens behind the curtains, very <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I just, I liked that premise. And I thought hotels, corridors, different rooms, different rooms could be different worlds and different versions of the world. It means that my universe is almost infinite. So I have so much room to play. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I think it it came from. That's cool. That Hearing you say that, like, as I was reading it, and they brought up that each room is a different universe and a different world. I was thinking that is such a smart idea because you have now given yourself a playground, but the playground is, is well-defined and you could pull from anywhere. And it, it's not like, it doesn't seem like you're going to be just pulling things out of thin air. Yeah, you actually, exactly. like the reader can, can figure out, okay, so this is where, this is where all this is coming from. Yeah, yeah, it, it gives it, it was it uh, like it's a little it's not quite the the sort of the Star Trek thing of oh it's another timeline. Yeah. I didn't want to have that where it was kind of like shoehorned in later when I want, needed to pivot with the story to keep it interesting because I think if ever I release a comic book that's not interesting, um, that will be a sad day. Like I'd rather it be kind of a bit clunky, but the premise is interesting or there's like smart little corners to explore and um i try and put like little easter eggs in the artwork so in that page actually where it's the different um uh each i can't remember now what the words were and i wrote it and that's terrible my memory's oh. bad but it was like the different corridor is a different uh different universes and each room is like a different version of each world um I quite liked that page because the last one where it's the robots because they're all holding babies in the other ones and the last one they're holding a little microchip and it's just that sort of stuff I love drawing that kind of silliness because really it is very silly it's like ah oh, babies babies and there's this little robot going microchip that's my baby <laughs> um and I think yeah it just it means I can dip into like sci-fi I can dip into like all the genres that I love but maybe don't quite mesh with the normal genre of the comic in a safe way that doesn't like jar with the general premise of the story and for anybody who's going to read it like one example that i think of the flashback yes. when i saw the flashback <laughs> that's one of my favorites when i saw the flashback and how it was drawn yeah. i instantly was like okay that's exactly how this guy is picturing this as he's saying it yeah like it just, even though it, it's seemingly drastically different than the rest of the images it fits in so well because it's like all right i could see this dude think this is what's going on in his head yeah well i had like um ah oh, there's a particular like I, I don't know if you guys ever had like tony hart art attack over there but there used to be a particular music track that they'd play when it was the art gallery 
and I had that music in my head when I was um, uh, when I was kind of playing it, and it's like elevator music, and that's kind of when I was drawing that. I was like, you know, because it's funny. I've met Tob the real Tobias, and I'm sure he would be far smarter than I have written him in the comic <laughs> than to get into the situation he gets everybody in. Um, but I was like, but I have to inject a bit of myself into all these characters because yeah. um, otherwise, like, you know, I'm going to be a little bit too constrained. And so I was like, if I were Tobias in this situation, what would my head do? And I have it frequently where I'm like thinking back about something that I did that was probably a terrible idea. There is elevator music playing in my head. It's like, do, 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 do. oh, look, look, there she's doing it. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, so, <laughs> like, yeah, I like to vanish into my own little, like, pockets of insanity when I'm drawing those sorts of pages but I loved drawing that page was the easiest page it was so much fun to draw I was so happy <laughs> with my crayon <laughs> <laughs> no it looked fun though. we we have some some questions in the chat here I don't know if you want to uh I believe you mentioned some earlier but it goes when it comes to creating your stories is there elements that you like to pick out from different literature and inspiration yeah, I mean, I, I think I sort of said, so Neil Gaiman is like a, uh, I'd say a big influence. Like, it's funny, I I maybe, um, I love his comic stuff more than his sort of actual novels, although his novels are very good. This is not like if Neil Gaiman, if you ever see this, I'm not dissing your novels, your novels are very good, but your comics are chef's kiss. Um, and um, I read a lot of fantasy books, like to get to sleep, I have to be reading. Um, and actually, I can't read comics to sleep, because then I don't sleep, I stay up and read the comics. Um, so um, I sort of will read things like... Um, there's a, a an author called Mercedes Leckley or Lackey, I think her name is, and her books are a really gentle read, but they're really well written. And so I like, I just, I read everything. Basically, if you give me a book, I'm probably going to read it. Um, the, there's very little I won't read. Um, so I'm always kind of like, I think my brain sort of likes to store up like, ah, that's a clever plot twist, or oh, that's an interesting way that that character's been written, or. Um, you know, like I love a villain that's not really a villain. So books that have got that sort of thing in where like a bit like Thanos, like where you're like, you're evil, but I get where you're coming from. And there are times mm -hmm. I'd like to click my finger and make half the people in the room I'm in just vanish. <laughs> that does yeah. happen. <laughs> um, so like, I think the more you ingest from authors and other comic book artists, the more you give yourself tools that you'll you might not necessarily register that you're either emulating or being influenced by but i think only good things can happen from kind of looking at other sort of people in literature um and i think visually i get that with like films and tv shows that i watch like i have found myself now sort of there'll be a scene playing and i'd be like oh that's the bit i would that's that's the sort of the, the still i would use to kind of do that and then that's the still that would follow um so i think like gaining influence from that sort of stuff is has been really invaluable um so yes read kids oh. it's good for you <laughs> <laughs> wait uh I'm just curious. Where do you suggest I start with with Neil Gaiman? I've heard you mention him twice. Uh, oh, see, my my absolute favorite is Death: The High Cost of Living. Um, I actually read that before I read Sandman, which is what he's sort of known for. I mean, the Sandman comics, and if you've watched the Netflix show, they are very. They, 
they're, they're sort of the same and they're different, but you should treat them as two separate things. Like, I love the show and I love the comic, mm-hmm. but they've obviously, because you just, you physically can't completely <laughs> translate any book into to TV. Um, but yeah, I would say if you were to read Death, The High Cost of Living, and I think now that the Sandman books are kind of back in vogue, um, you can buy like um I don't know if I can commit. Oh, is, oh there's nobody down here. Um, I was going to say, I've, I've got the sort of, um, I think it's just called Death. <laughs> Charming. Um, and I think it's like a, a, a book that's got all of the death-related stories from the Sandman series. Um, but yeah, Death, The High Cost of Living, I think that was the comic book that kind of changed how I saw comics when I first read it. Because I'd read like V for Vendetta. I'd read Watchmen at the time. I'd read The League of Gentlemen. Um, I'd read Asterix Noblex comics growing up, but Death, The High Cost of Living was the first time that I was like, oh, it doesn't have to be superheroes and it can still be brilliant. And I think that kind of, because I love superhero stuff, but my jam is the sort of the gothic-y, the dark kind of underbelly of comics. Not horror, because I'm a bit of a weenie and I don't like blood and gore um, and I get scared easily. So it was kind of, oh, there are other types of story out there that are for me, that I can enjoy this. Um, And yeah, like I read the odd Spider-Man, I read the odd like um, Batman and stuff, because they are brilliant. Like, you know, they're just not my cup of tea. My cup of tea is the sort of the Sandman type books or Monstrous is a series I'm really enjoying at the moment or Saga or um, uh, I used to read um, some comics that are by a author writer another author writer called Roman Dirge and I think it was quite big in the 90s but he wrote a series of comics called Lenore and they're so funny and they're so dark and I love them so much Um, and so I'd say Neil Gaiman definitely start Death with a High Cost of Living because if you don't like that Sandman's probably not for you but if you do like it obviously the Sandman series Um, and then if you like a bit more humour in your comics Lenore is a really good series to, to get stuck into. Awesome. They're my like my top tips. <laughs> awesome. So the idea of the um, the gods and all that, that that you came up with, I I, I saw that and it's kind of refreshing because you, you know you make you make mention to how some people are actual beings and other ones are not as important. You know, without trying to give away the first issue. Yeah. Where did where did that come from? Is that something that you had in your head that was like this is a cool concept, or did you expand on something you saw? I think it, it it's sort of the, the particularly the like having the face cards as gods is kind of that was like a flash moment. But basically, when I was growing up, my family used to play cards a lot. So we'd normally play like whist, um, rummy, sevens, snap. Any game you could play with a deck of cards, basically. That was like family holidays, a deck of cards went everywhere. And when everyone had had enough, I usually hadn't had enough. And so I would be left alone with the deck of cards. And my choice was either play patience or as a kid, create stories out of the face cards. So like the knave of hearts was always the naughty one. That's why I've started with him. Um, But like the queen of hearts would have like an epic love story and she'd have fallen in love with like the king of spades, but the king of clubs was jealous. So he would like try and kill the king of spades. And I'd sit there and I'd, I'd sort of tell myself stories about the cards as if they were characters. Um, And so I think that kind of, 
I've never really, every time I play a game of cards and I like get one of the face cards, I'm like, ha we meet again. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when I started writing and I was like, I want to incorporate that kind of child, childlike sort of recognition with a deck of cards uh, how can I incorporate that into the story and then I was like well I want I want mythical beings because I, I I love drawing mythical beings and I want a bit of steampunk in there because I like drawing Victoriana stuff um and then I was and you know and again I love Sam I've also been reading a, a webcomic called Laura Olympus um which is um uh, a retelling of the story of um Persephone and Hades and them falling in love um, and her like going to the underworld and stuff like from Greek god mythology um, and I actually studied ancient history at school um, so like ancient Greeks ancient Romans all that sort of stuff I just I love that kind of again because I've always thought if there is gods and goddesses there must be more than one because the world is too much of a mess for it to be one dude that's got a plan um, <laughs> for me it's always like you know these are a bunch of people that are trying to get it right and maybe screwing it up or, you know, or maybe there's some vindictive ones in there because like, you know, kids get cancer. That's a vindictive God going on right there. Um, so it's, it, it kind of played into a little bit of my own belief system, although I will caveat, I am pagan. So um, uh, I don't kind of sit in the kind of Christian uh, religion-y type thing. So, but it was like, okay, so paganism basically means belief in like many gods you don't have any structure and you love and you love nature and I was like and I want to kind of play with that a little bit um and like and no disrespect to anyone that does believe in god like you know whatever gets you yeah. through the mess that is life you crack on um but I was just like I want to have fun with that kind of belief system and kind of the idea that deities are not infallible sits better with me I think um, that they're probably all trying, but all pulling in different directions and that's what's causing the mess. And then I'm not going to reveal too much about like the overall story arc, but like, you know, they bicker. And in my comic, the, a lot of the mess is created because people can't agree. <laughs> Gods can't agree with what, what should or shouldn't be happening. And I just, yeah, that, that sort of concept really sort of spoke to me. That's the comic was born. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go. Good. Uh, so I was going to ask, what was the uh, that moment that sparked everything where you were just sitting down and going, that light bulb went off and you started oh, from there? I think hmm, it was definitely pre post COVID. I think that the real light bulb of, oh crap, I think I have something that's actually worth putting out, I think was when I finished the. The cover art for issue one because i did the cover before i'd finished the the um the issue in fact i think i'd only fully drawn about six pages of issue one when i drew the cover um and i think when i drew the cover and i it was the first piece of art i'd drawn because i'm one of these people where there's if you well, come around my house there is none of my art on the walls i can't bear to look at my own artwork because i sit and i pick it to pieces and it was the first time i'd drawn something where i was like i don't want to pick at it yeah I, Okay, that's a light. These days, I do want to pick at it. But when I first drew it, I was like, on second, I was like, actually, that's, that's pretty, I would probably read that comic. 
I would probably just base, and I know like you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but that's a nice cover that I've drawn. I'm quite pleased <laughs> with that cover. No, it is. Um, and um, and yeah, and like it was the first time I'd sort of managed to draw a head tilted back properly, and I'd never drawn a throne before, and I got to kind of like. I had to use like lots of references and stuff to, so it didn't look just like garbage um and actually that's the probably the fourth iteration of the cover that I ended up with I'd drawn like a couple of other versions and there was one that nearly made the cut and then I started drawing this and I was like this is a much stronger composition and just I think yeah when that cover art was done I was like do you know what I, this is this is probably a real comic this probably isn't just me prattling around I probably could release this and at least like three people will read it <laughs> um just based on the cover alone um but obviously also it meant the cover set the um uh the standard for the rest of the comics what I didn't want to happen is someone open up the cover and then the rest of the art is garbage because mm -hmm. that is just you know and i get it like sometimes people will hire a cover artist and it's a different internal like you know that, that you physically can't make it the same standard because like i spent about six weeks drawing that cover if i spent six weeks drawing every single page of the thing like you know three four years for me to finish it so i i get it speed um and just kind of what you're trying to draw means that's not possible but it meant that i kind of went back through the comic and raised the standard of a lot of the pages just based on that cover and i think that was the sort of I could do this properly you know let's let's do it let's give it a go what's the worst that could happen um and yeah that was that was a nice moment um yeah and obviously like my family were like yeah that looks pretty good which in my family speak is like nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah and even my daughter who is like not my strongest critic but she was like that's really good mommy. i was like mm. yeah the preteen <laughs> the preteen says it's good <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the, the Queen of Knives is beautiful. Any uh where, where did you get your inspiration? It's, it's um I think it was have you watched the TV show Arcane? Yes. Uh, so it's the it's one that's if you haven't and if you've got Netflix, oh it's one of my all-time favorite TV shows now because it is beautifully animated and the story is amazing and the characters are amazing but anyway there is a character in that um tv show who is this very strong woman who like you know you get to see a bit of her backstory and the why she's the way she is but like i just loved her character i just thought that she was this powerful woman who was slightly flawed for various like you know she comes across as power hungry but actually there's a really good reason behind it and that's kind of i i wanted my queen of hearts who is aphrodite that's kind of her deity name if you like but she's known mm -hmm. as the queen of hearts mm -hmm. um and i really um i just yeah i just thought like what a powerful figure and i i really wanted like i want my gods to be diverse i don't want it to just be a bunch of white people motoring through <laughs> so i wanted to make no, sure no. that like i included like because these are supposed to be gods that represent everybody so um i kind of wanted to make sure that there was like you know someone that you know there's a little girl out there that wants someone to represent her and i'm like how cool would it be is if her representation could be this super powerful aphrodite who's like the most she's like you know the the epitome of beauty and strength yeah um so that's what I wanted to channel. And I think with the cover, I was successful. I, and she appears a lot more in issue two. Um, and I want to make sure I kind of do her the 
honor like you know make sure that i've drawn her to that quality so that like you know um she always looks like the most elegant beautiful and sort of strong woman in the room like that's kind of what i want to channel with her yeah but you awesome. definitely achieved that with that yeah. thank you yeah, yeah she is Ooh. thank you outfit <laughs> and all little bows you know I, i'm just all nice don't worry yeah, do with the suit of armor, like she will kick your ass. Yeah, I ain't gonna do the turn of her hair. I ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> and then pow, right in the kiss. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mess with the Queen of Hearts. Like she is, um, yeah, she's formidable, but also like you know, not the bad guy. I guess. Um, I guess I'm trying really hard to kind of phrase it so I don't like give away bits of issue too but yeah you you get to understand a little bit more where she's coming from and why she's doing what she's doing in issue two um and uh yeah i'm so excited when that's done so, <laughs> only a year to go <laughs> i was that was my next question do you have a due date oh i'm aiming for early next year um at the moment so i've Issue two's covers drawn. I've done most of the splash pages. It's just the internal artwork that needs doing because the script's now written. It will need an editor to look at it at some point to make sure I've not done anything silly. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm aiming for early next year. Um, but I, I do have a few health problems and I might have to have a little bit of surgery. And if that happens, it might delay it further. So I'm trying not to pin myself to a date because health comes first. Um, and um, yeah, you can never quite predict the future, so I've been told. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm aiming for 2020, early 2024, um, but I will be working on it flat out because I don't think I can help myself. This is my little setup here with my drawing tablet, which is just here. Um, this is my happy place. This is kind of if I've had a bad day at work, this is where I come to kind of escape from the world and just delve into my comic and shout a lot when I can't draw a curtain like going a certain way or I haven't quite got this perspective right. I've had a few of those where I've finished what I think I finished the page and I look at it and go, that is a wonky looking room. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like getting lost. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. So, um, so yeah, so it early 2024, um, in hindsight, I probably should have waited to release issue one until I was a bit closer to the end. But I also thought, pa, it's done. Get it out there. Yeah, What's like the worst said. that can happen? I'm like not tied to a publisher. I can put stuff out when I need to. Um, so, um, so yeah. So, but um, as I have a Patreon where people can follow the journey. Um, I don't know what it equates to in dollars, but it's like the minimum tier is one pound a month, and that gives you access to all the behind the scenes. And I try and post weekly with kind of this is the page I'm working on. This is the garbage that it looks like when I start this is, and then the next week it's like ah it looks a little bit less like garbage and then the week after that ah you can start to actually tell that that's a person that you've drawn and then the week after that ah okay that's looking more like the internal art we're used to so you can kind of follow my process through that um and um and obviously I'm on Facebook and Instagram and stuff and I do like post little sneaky peeks of what I'm working on and I'm trying to get better at remembering to do that because I think as I said sometimes it's I can do the promotion bit, but I forget to because I'm so busy making. I kind of don't <laughs> I then forget to tell anyone I'm still making it. I'm still here, still working. Soz. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so um, if I can get out any earlier, I will. But I think that may be wishful thinking um, as it's just little, little me. We commend you because we, we all go Thank through you. it. We're creators. Yeah. We, we have lives and we have to do it around 
We can't just yeah. stop, but we need to do. We need to it's the live. pesky full time job that pays the bills. Yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> we all go through it, so we know. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I was mentioning that when we went off air on Thursday. It's like if all of us didn't have jobs, the amount of stuff we'd be able to do for this podcast. Would be great. No, yeah. Yeah. Sleep. If I didn't need those, I yeah. you know on gas but um but yeah sadly both are required um in my life to keep the lights on and keep children fed and my and, and my many cats um i didn't realize how expensive for having four cats was until i got four cats mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. so at cn they got expensive tasting cat food so you know <laughs> what, what is this fancy feast if it's not the fancy stuff, they just they they bring me dead things until I provide the fancy <laughs> stuff. So, and sometimes it's not dead because we live in the countryside here in England, and um, they've brought me. We've had rabbits, live rabbits. I've been chasing a live wild rabbit around my living room before. Partridge. Oh my god! They um, I was on a conference call at work, and one of them let a partridge out on my laptop. Oh my god, that's horrible! Oh um, no, bats, frogs, like you know, all of it. So if you, but if you feed them well, they don't tend to hunt as much. So we're like, ugh, expensive cat food, but that means we don't have to deal with like wild animals in the middle of the mm-hmm. night running around our house. So <laughs> right. I will pay that. Gladly. <laughs> hey, yeah. And hey, it sounds like you have like the world's greatest hunters. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, I swear they hunt as a pack. <laughs> She Which, if, you've ever, if you've ever owned a cat like the, the thought of any of them doing anything like together is hilarious because yeah. herding cats is a really would be an issue and um we had uh, we have a cat now but our original cat when we used to live in our house the uh their neighbor dug up his basement hit a rat nest sent mice everywhere <gasps> yeah i thought yeah i thought my cat was crazy because she used to you'd wake up, find a little mouse, but it'd be completely gutted. It's just yeah. the skin. It's like, what did you do to this thing? Great poupon. Oh. <laughs> uh, my, my my fattest cat was a cat called Kupo, because again, I'm a Final Fantasy fan. Um, he likes to um he likes to bring whatever mouse he's fat and he's too fat to hunt. So this is a mouse. <laughs> mouse. <laughs> um, but he will he will drag his little fat bottom up the stairs, dragging what is probably a mouse that one of the other cats brought in. And he'll sit and he'll eat it next to my bed and you can hear, it's like, and then all he'll leave is what we call the mouse pips, which is probably, uh, I think the liver is poisonous to cats. So cats will always spit the liver out and it's just this little pip that's left next to the bed. And sometimes you get up to pee in the middle of the night and you step in something, and you're like, oh, my God. Great Poupon. <laughs> oh, no. You should have got just, me the Have I just stood on a tiny liver? <laughs> yeah. I, I left that for you. You should have yeah, got me the fancy oh, feast like I told you. Yeah. You kind of look and go, I know it's a gift, but you really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. oh, but awesome. I love them. They are my fur babies. But, um, but yeah, if, if I could change one thing, it would be just to make it so that they were really, really crap hunters. Um, or that Cooper was really crap at stealing stuff from the other cats because bless him, he is he's a chunk. He's smart. <laughs> I yeah. ain't moving. What you yeah. got over there? Oh, that's nice. Let me see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been told that I shouldn't really fat shame the cat, but I don't think he cares. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they know English that well. No, uh, no. Yeah. Although sometimes he does give me like the. Are you talking about how round I am again? I am. 
Please, this is not the service I've come to expect. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until one of them. I'm bringing it straight to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a dreaded question for the first issue here. Would do you have a favorite panel, or is it like being a parent where you can't just pick oh, see? Every time someone asks me this, the answer is yes, but it changes frequently depending on what I've drawn recently. So there is a page, um, and actually let me see if I can pull it up on my thing and I'll hold the little figure, but there's one page in particular. It started out as the page I hated the most in the comic. And after my editor had gone through the script and I kind of reread the script again, I redrew the whole page and it became my favorite page in the comic. So, and, um, you know, I, I love it when a, when a page kind of rotates, but, um, I don't know if you'll be able to see, but it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to zoom. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I I have, hold on. You might have that one. I think that's one of the ones I sent over. Yes. It's why, and yeah, like when I first drew it, a lot of the panels, like, I think it only had one, two, it had three panels on it and, um, it was quite a blah page and I hadn't. I didn't like um, some of the angles I'd used, um, but the adding the eye sort of panel in the top, the sort of the actual contemplation panel, I guess you'd call it. Um, it's the first time I felt sort of in command of kind of the pacing of her speech, whereas before it had been like, <laughs> she like, you know, in fact, it was just one giant speech bubble that had all the text, like in the, the sort of the top couple of panels. And for me, it didn't flow properly. It didn't people, it didn't kind of represent what would actually be happening if you were having that conversation with her. So I think at the moment, this is my favorite page. Um, But I think if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, it probably would have been, um, I really enjoyed drawing that. So there's a monster attack. Oh, hello, cat. Um, Thank you. This isn't the fat one. This is Where's the dumb one. Where's my fancy food? <laughs> oh, something wet. Oh. I, I have a treat for oh, you. Moogle, what are you doing? If you don't feed me now, I'm bringing a snake in here. Yeah, well, he just likes to stick his little his little bum in the face. It's, I mean, I know it's a sign of affection, cats, but it's not. Oh, that is Jesus. enough. Nice cat. <laughs> oh. He is a good okay. man. I'm just going to try and ignore him. Um, but yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I think the monster attack page was really good fun to draw dude you're stepping on all the keys um was really good fun to draw um and I hadn't drawn a monster before I know it sounds like really silly but all the artwork I'd ever done before was usually sort of um oh hang on okay Google so he's just like (laughs) do not say do not save that page well no he just the the one I just held up he just like click delete and delete the whole layer no kitty Oh, anyway, um, but yeah, I think the the monster, the sort of the skull page, I, as I call it, um, that was really good fun to draw because I'd not drawn anything like it before. Because as I said, I am a bit of a weenie and I like to kind of have rainbows and unicorns all around me. And it was like, actually, I need to draw something that isn't so cute. cute. <laughs> yeah, go. I, I need to draw it. something with a bit of teeth to it. So um, uh, I googled a lot of pictures of skulls. And then I was like, well, I'd want it to have like big fangs and stuff. So, um, so that was like a page I really enjoyed drawing. Um, and I think the there's one 
uh, I love drawing people and I love drawing like things but I I'm not a massive background person like if you want me to paint a landscape I'll probably look at you with a very dead facial expression and be like do I have to sad um <laughs> so I think there was a one where Tobias is walking out of the venue and it is like he's in it there is a figure in it but he's tiny most of the picture is actually more I think of it as like an architecture type drawing where it's more about the building um which is was an important one to kind of so you could picture where they were performing um but I actually ended up really liking that page once I'd finished drawing it it was kind of whilst I was doing it it was like oh my god if I have to draw another roof tile I'm gonna blow my brains out but <laughs> actually the end result was actually I really like like you know I can I am picturing that place because I've drawn that and that was quite a nice feeling but I still think the one that you've picked out I think that is my favorite because I went back and drew that once the comic was finished and it felt like I actually knew what I was doing to some degree um and that was that was a pretty awesome feeling when, when I'm getting better moment right. yeah yeah definitely when when you're drawing to to make that conversation how do you like is there are there rules to set the panels for the flow or you just I'm sure there probably are, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> and I don't care. I kind, of, I kind of just go with, if I mm -hmm. can read the page back and I can follow what's happening, I've just got to hope that other people also follow what's happening. And I do yeah. know that it can be sometimes, with any comic that you're reading, quite hard to work out which panel you're supposed to read next. So when I do that, I also, I kind of read it the way I would read it naturally. And that seems all right um and it kind of flows and like it's things like if someone's having to pause to think in a sentence do i capture that pause or actually is, is that pause important can i just kind of have them continuing to rattle on because people do naturally pause when they're talking to breathe um yeah. and um and it's kind of is that moment of pause important and like in the panel that came up when i redrew it I was like, actually i do it is a significant pause because she's deciding whether to reveal like to pull the curtain back or not to what is essentially a bunch of mortals that really should have no business knowing how this all works. So that is like, that's a poignant moment for her to kind of, yeah, that one there. Um, and it's kind of like, she's quite a blase character. I mean, if, if anything, she's probably the character in it that has my voice, like my pure voice. Like I've not tried to sort of channel anybody else. She speaks as me and her way of speaking is, in my head anyway, my voice, um, which is like, I'm sure really self-indulgent and stuff, but it made her the easiest character to write for because I'm like, yeah. well, what would I say in that situation? Because I'm me and I'm quite good at knowing how I operate generally most of the time. Uh, whereas with all the other characters, it's like, okay, I have to look back at their lore or whatever it is that I've kind of put together for them or think about my interactions with them. So where it's band members, where I've spoken to them or I've seen them talking in interviews and stuff how would they kind of interpret that scene? Um, and it it was like, I think even she she's someone that doesn't take it too seriously. And again, I'm not going to give it away, but she's got good reason to not take it seriously because of things that have happened to her involving the gods. Um, and I think having that sort of knowledge and, and I'm not going to reveal it, she does have a very important identity that will be revealed in later issues. I don't think it'll even come out in issue two. It's probably we're looking issue three or issue four that I want to kind of pull that little nugget out as like a reveal. Um, and it's it's cool because I can put nods to that 
information that I know. It's like, I know, nobody else knows. Um, and I can kind of dip that in. I can kind of start to feed that in through her dialogue and the way she reacts to certain situations. And that was the first time I felt like I could do that. And I had some of, and again, I'm not an expert by any means, but it was like, ah, I've learned that as I've gone through this journey of really kind of putting that amount of thought into what somebody is doing and what's also going to look good on the page because out of all the pages i find that one quite fun to look at um yeah sometimes you can't get away with sometimes you have to have a blah page because if they're all like you sort of almost get fatigue i think or at least i do when i'm reading comics like i've read a lot of indie comics where it's really good but the pages are almost so busy you kind of have to pick it up you sort of look at a couple of pages and have a little rest and then go back again because it's so hard to follow what's going on with the story because there's so much going on on the page and I was like I need to accept that some of my pages they're not going to be blah it's like the filler episodes in a tv show <laughs> you yeah. need them to tell the story and I need to let go of the fact that they all have to be like these pizzazz pages um uh and I think making my peace with that as well sort of means that I can have favorite pages as opposed to being like, oh, they're all brilliant or oh, they're all crap. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, I'm sure I've gone off on a tangent there because I do get overexcited when I talk about my <laughs> no, comics. No, no. But... <laughs> you, have you have the mic, you are yeah. our guest. <laughs> Like, do you feel like yeah. I'm like hogging it? Yeah, nah, answering no. future questions that we have, so you're it's just good. like go ahead. You're, you're, we're yeah. here with you. I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm getting questions as you talk. I'm. Don't worry about it. Continue to okay, talk. Yeah. My answer. You can tell me to be like Sarah. No, but we get we get we're getting a lot more information because when you described how you would do the characters, it's like you made the law for each character, and you can definitely see each character has its own personality. Instead of for you know trying to like what Cap said earlier, trying to create a character and be like, well, this one's gonna do this this time, and that one's gonna do this one. It's like, all right, no, we know the character, you know the characters inside out. So it's like in this situation. Character A has to do this because that's who he is, and then this one has to react yeah. that way, you know. So it, it yeah. it's 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 dope to to see that. Well, and I don't, I don't know. Oh, sorry, you carry no, on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say I don't know if you guys have it when you're creating, but you do feel a little bit like, oh my god, there's all these voices. I've got all these characters sat in my head, and they're all like, yeah, yabbering away. And when you're writing, it's more what crazy situation can I put these characters into as opposed to what would this character do? For me, yeah. it's more what's going to happen and how the characters re react. And this is going to make me sound like unhinged, but it's like, um, come on then, Dave, what would you do in this situation? It's kind of what's going no, on in my yeah. head. It's like, this is I've decided what's going to happen, but it's only when I start to really get into the drawing and the nitty gritty that it kind of, the characters almost tell me what they want what they would do in that situation that yeah. sounds really weird but um but that's how i when i'm writing that's how i think about it is i'm gonna write the or when i'm plotting out a thing it's like this is i just bullet point this is what's going to happen and then the story kind of writes itself because well, the characters the will yeah. then yeah. yeah so it's like you know um so in this one metal band problems with gigs meet stranger have some of it explained like cliffhanger and it was kind of i started out really with those bullet points of just x is going to happen then y is going to happen and z's going to happen then a is going to happen then b is going to happen and i know that these characters are all inside out so if i prop them into this situation 
with a sword or whatever um <laughs> what are they going to do what are they going to yeah. do when those situations happen and that makes writing easy uh, for yeah. me um, i know that everyone has their own style of writing and i i don't think there is like a uh, a definitive way that anyone writes or creates because i think yeah. everybody has different experiences different skill sets all that sort of stuff but that's kind of what works for me is i'm gonna write what's gonna happen and then the characters are gonna tell me what they're gonna do and that's what's gonna build the rest of the story for me and it's like it's great because it's lazy <laughs> i don't have to think my characters yeah. are gonna do all that for me i'm just gonna like like the touch paper <laughs> and, it, and it seems so more realistic because you know, we, I was I'm trying to think of a video for a future um, podcast, like a little promotion for that. So I I made a little script because I wanted the other guys involved. So I'm sitting here going, all right, how would show come in on this? And then I would say something like, all right, this is I've said this before to show this is how he responds. So this is what I'm going to say, so he could say it and it'll come out natural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it, it, yeah, it's like you're you're writing for other people. Like, all right, so how does this guy do it? And it, it it's it seems better because then when you when you actually have other people read it, it's like okay, yeah. I know I know that show would say this. It's not I'm like some yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. I'm not making show speak proper English no. because that's not <laughs> that's not what he he comes in with the funny hey. comment. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. See, I know if I said something like that, he's coming in with the wait a minute. So what if I ever I wrote a script and I said something crazy, he comes in the wait a minute, wait a minute, mm -hmm. <laughs> why me? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and sometimes your characters will do something unexpected. I, in some of the other things I've written for later issues, I've sort of written it, and then I've kind of gone, okay, so this is what they probably do, but what happens if they do this? Because people are unpredictable, right? So yeah. I also like having, again, I am aware that this sounds slightly unhinged, but it's like sometimes my characters do things I don't expect, and then that's quite fun to write around and draw around, or I'll have written it one way, and then when I'm drawing... I'll, I'll just have scribbled something. I'm like, actually, that looks a little bit like the characters doing this, which is not what I would have actually made them do. But looking at that, that looks quite cool. I'm going to yeah. go with it. And let's, um, and you know, and then the trick is to remember that that is a potential way that they would react to something and make sure that you have that kind of filed away again in my little notepad about each character. Um, to kind of say, in this situation, they might, they would, you would expect them to do this, but actually they'll do this. And that means that they are unhinged and that's going to be really fun to bring in later on all that this is obviously a trigger for this character that makes them act unexpectedly because i think if your characters always act predictably they're less believable whereas if every now and then you just make them do something like nuts i think people like that's more human yeah <laughs> and i think people respond to that whereas you know um uh yeah i think if if a character becomes too linear and almost like a parody of themselves it, it, and I, I've read I won't say I've read many comics where that happens but I have read books where that's happened where they become almost a parody of what the author was probably trying to do and I'm not going to name authors because that's mean um, <laughs> but um, but I've sort of read it and gone ah well uh, this is a great book then for helping me go to sleep because I know what's going to happen next <laughs> um, yeah and and it makes the character less interesting. So I think yeah, I like I like the idea that my characters are going to keep me on my toes every now and then because they're going to do something like a little bit weird that is like ah, um, and that will usually be the little bit weird thing. Will normally be I'll be sat on the train or somewhere inappropriate, and I'll suddenly go oh my god, I can make them do this because I am a puppet master, <laughs> um, and 
um I like that freedom I really like that freedom to kind of play with my it's like playing Barbie dolls isn't it? it's like um this Barbie doll is now going to go off to the shops and this Barbie doll is going to have like a like smash everything in their room because she wanted to go to the shops and can't so it's like I think it all comes back to like having a big imagination as a kid I'm just a big kid that's been given a drawing pad and <laughs> and a Kindle direct publishing account <laughs> uh, I, I completely understand that yeah I'm admittedly a coward when it comes to like wanting to write or do my own comic or do my own thing that's why I play D&D because I can did my creative outlet but I do that exact same thing before session I put myself in as many different scenarios to see how my character would react and then show up we had a whole session where it was a so my character I don't know if you're familiar with these terms but it is a bard so yep. he's the guy yep. who's all right so he's a bard we had an entire three-hour session in which going into it this was not the plan but there was an opportunity to do like a concert to get money and to win a battle of a band. So I'm literally <laughs> in my friend's house for three hours singing Smashing Pumpkins, Backstreet Boys, just any song <laughs> I could think of trying to outdo the other group that was there. All because that's, you know, you prepare as much as you can, but then you just go where the, where the go story flow. Yeah. 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 And I think the best stories are... There'll be like, um, not boundaries, but there'll be like a, a bit of structure and then you can go to town around it. I think that's, for me, that's my comfort zone is a little bit of structure, but then total freedom. Yeah. Um, and if I don't have the structure, I tend to go off in so many tangents. It's a bit like podcasts where I've got people that are like asking me questions. It's great because I tried twitching at one point and it was it was lovely i was really unproductive i didn't get much artwork done and i <laughs> would just go off on tangents and forget what i was saying whereas in this like you guys have been really lovely and it's it makes it much easier because you're my structure you're the ones that are kind of going okay she's obviously like gone off down this rabbit hole and we need to bring her back here so <laughs> here's a question oh she's back in the room well done and i think i, I work yeah. well with that a little bit of structure and then just run with it we're we're used to that because we go on tangents all the time. Okay, we, we were we were reviewing, we were previewing the Guardians of the Galaxy on Tuesday, and then me and Cap got into an argument for like an hour and a half, and then it was like, all right, let's get back to where we were going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll we'll um, we'll veer off course real quick and go, guys, oh, like uh, we're going the opposite direction. Can we get back to where we was going? It's like all right, and then we slide and then curve and then go right back into another tangent. <laughs> so yeah, we're used to that. You're loose to that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've been a, you've been a lovely guest for us. Um, yeah. Most people most people will ask a question and they'll do the yeah. It was hard. Oh. Like, <laughs> and we're like, shit. Um, Quick. <laughs> okay, Quick. I was gonna expand on what you said, but what's your favorite color? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you going into details yeah. was definitely. Oh, in, that's it, right. Well, I yeah. like talking about this stuff, and um, my husband's lovely, but he's not into comics, so I don't get to talk about it that much at home. So it's really nice to have like people to to share with. So oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was it, it, it was our pleasure to have you, and um, we'll give you the camera. Would you like to you know picture? IG, oh, Facebook, God. where they can get you. Um, yeah, this is where I have to remember. This is why I'm so rubbish. I'm so rubbish at the self promotion. But um, uh, I do Patreon, the same thing. 
yeah patreon is definitely like um that's where i regularly post with um updates on how i'm doing so i think you've kindly put that in the comments so yes. patreon.com slash rusted silver um and um i am rusted silver art i think yeah rusted silver art on instagram and i am rusted silver the art of sarah webb on facebook um and i think that's everywhere oh i'm on tiktok as well but i'm I'm a real noob when it comes to TikTok. So maybe give me a few months, then come and find me on TikTok. Um, but actually, knaveofheartscomic.com is my comic books website. And all of my socials are on there. So that is a good place to check um, for um, uh, for everything to do with my comic, including links to all my socials, because I'm aware I have given not enough information for anyone to find me. Um, and yeah, and <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. I'm on Amazon. Go to Amazon and buy my comic freely, freely, please. Or if you've got Kindle Unlimited, it is free on Kindle Unlimited because, you know, I just want people to be able to read this thing. Um, so, um, so yeah, go find there and then you can read it for free if you're a Kindle Unlimited person. Um, uh, and yeah, thank you for having me so much. It's been so much fun you're awesome you're awesome thank you i learned i learned so much before i do have a personal question for you and i'm sorry about i i was listening to you and i i wanted i wrote it down are you ever planning on going hunting or just plastic oh um so i think in the uk you're not allowed to shoot the live animals because most of them are protected so i um i I don't think I'd ever go and well I certainly wouldn't do it here in the UK I think if I had to to eat because of apocalypse yes I will do it I don't really like the idea of hunting for sport that I don't know it just doesn't like if you if you're doing it because you're going to eat the animal fair enough like you know it's no different than you going to the butcher shop but if you're just doing it because you want to see a little squeaky thing die um i don't like that idea so no, for me the i love my bow my bow is beautiful um Bad. and the plastic animals had it coming yeah. um so i'm quite comfortable shooting that and for me it's more about accuracy and being down the woods that's like my two sort of like you know the satisfying thunk when you actually hit the target and i'm in the woods um i think unless i actually needed to i wouldn't be someone that would ever hunt for sport awesome. if that makes sense curiosity okay. no that's perfect yeah. no i don't question. mind personal questions <laughs> one final question i'm not a bowman but do you use a standard bow or like a compound bow? I use an American flat bow is my bow of choice. In fact, um, David Bowie, who I don't use anymore because he's he's a bit um he's a bit weedy now, is, is right here. And then you come. So this is Mr. David Ooh, Bowie. She got the, he was the my Aria. Was, she got the Yeah, and he was he was my <sighs> first sort of proper flat bow, um uh a recurve. Uh, and then, yeah, I can't reach my other one because my husband's put it up there and I'm a short, stubby person. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Bojangles is, um, he's a bit more powerful. So I actually have some hope of hitting the far away targets because before with Mr. Mr. Bowie, I could get the ones that were like a few feet away. <laughs> um, but the ones that were kind of more than 20 feet, it was like I'd have to shoot about sort of 700 metres in the air for it to maybe okay, land okay. just in front of the target. So <laughs> Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, okay. So uh, Joseph said, uh, I love this one. Y'all made my day at work so much better. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Joseph. And we have the the website up in the chat. Also, give that a try. Then you can find all of her 
find all the bits. Yes, find all the details, (laughs) the the (laughs) the socials and all that other stuff. But like I said, appreciate you coming on. We would love to have you back on and talk about comics, you know, and Marvel. Yeah, when I'm when I'm getting close to issue two being done, um, I would love to come on and show you guys how that's how that's getting on. That'd be great. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and. Yo, and uh, that's it for now. Thanks for coming on the special Saturday show of the Knucklehead Comics. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it is your friendly neighborhood Knucklehead signing out. Peace, everybody. Bye.